Okay, I can hear you now. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I am good. So it's already recording, so we can just jump right in. Awesome. Uh-huh. How's your day going? It's going amazing. Just um, like living life and recovering from, uh, we went to a carnival yesterday. So yeah, just trying to get, <laughs> trying to recover I, from that. I saw your post. You were out there grinding too. I saw you out there working. Yes. Yes. <laughs> did it go well? It actually did. I have, I have a couple of new clients coming on. One's supposed to be coming on tonight. Um, nice. You know, so yes, that's amazing. And so I'm excited about that. You know, business is growing and Growing and growing. That's so, so good. Trying to keep up. <laughs> I'm trying to catch up. That's what I'm no, trying to do. I goodness. see you and Ebony out there just grinding. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, um, just I'm really excited about uh, tonight. Um, like I was telling you guys last time, I was going to have a special guest, and I'm really excited to have Ariana on here. Um, we're business associates, and I know you guys have heard me talk about Herbalife, so that's what we're talking about. Um, she's consistently out there grinding, growing her business. I mean, killing it, killing it <laughs> in the business. And how long have you been doing it now? Like, what, a couple months? Yeah, literally. Like, I signed on, I signed up as a distributor December 29th. And so, yeah, yep, wow. only a couple of months. So what is it like, what is it now, like what, what now motivates you? Like, what is it that, like, what feeling do you get now as you continue to grow and grow? Like, how does it feel? It's so funny because I literally was just telling um, a potential business partner this story. I was like, you know, when I first signed on as a distributor, it was just like, you know what? I wanted to get a discount on my products. I love the products. They work. I want to get a discount. And literally, um, it's so transformed. I've always loved to help people. So um, this business, it allows me to be able to, to work my passion. That's what I always say, work my passion in helping people, especially women, um, to get to those, to get the results that they were never able to get before, but that Herbalife awards them. Right. Um, and just to be able to see um, the transformation that happens, not just physically, but something happens emotionally yes. and spiritually. So that I get that gratitude. I love that. I have gratitude, so much gratitude for that. Um, because it really does, it drives my passion just to see, um, and get messages. And, and, you know, I literally, I was crying with one of my clients because Aww. of her results that she had gotten. What and was how, her result? She had lost like 15 pounds in like two weeks. Nice. And right. And when we met, she was actually, she was like, you know what, you're my last, you know, the, the last resort. Um, if this doesn't work, I'm going to get the sling. So she was going to get surgery. And, um, yeah, so it was just amazing, um, the results that she talked about. And it wasn't just physical results, her whole self-esteem, um, because when we met, she had low self-esteem. She was like, you know, I don't even want my husband to touch me. I don't like the way I look in the mirror. And now her and her husband are going on lunch dates and dates. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. (laughs) But it's so exciting. And that's the great thing. Like, I've I've talked about. I highlight the business all the time, but it's like when you become a distributor and you take on the business opportunity, the mm-hmm. fact that you're helping so so many people and the stories and the and the transformations you see are just so like right. tight, really just motivates you to do more. So that's amazing. So tell 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 them about your transformation. Like since you've been on, because I see you rocking the um six pack. <laughs> yes. So so for me, and it's so funny because I love to share my story because I was um you know, a, I, I was working out already before Herbalife, you know, I was losing weight before Herbalife. 
Um, but one of the things or a couple of things that I love about it is that I have so much more energy mm-hmm. and, you know, I thought I was done with my weight loss journey. I was like, yeah, I'm done, but I'll just try Herbalife, you know, for the nutritional aspect of it. Yeah. Cause I wanted to get all of the nutrition. I wanted to fill in those gaps mm-hmm. that even the most healthiest, most nutritious diet has. There's still gaps in that diet that a lot of people don't know. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to fill those gaps and I just wanted to just feel overall. I just wanted to feel better. But let me tell you, there were places, there were things, first of all, you can't miss what you've never had. Mm. So I didn't realize the energy aspect. I thought I had all of the energy in the world. (laughs) Um, But now, oh my gosh, it's just amazing at the energy that I have. Amazing the the mental clarity that I have. I didn't know what mental clarity was until I had it. Yeah. And now in Herbalife, I have that mental clarity. I have a better outlook on life. I feel better about myself. I feel better about life. Um, I did end up losing like 13 more pounds in, in yeah. one month. That's awesome. um, Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Um, and then, like you said, the six pack. So <laughs> you know, I, I have pictures of um, like before Herbalife and after Herbalife mm-hmm. where you can literally see like I've been working out and I have a four pack. Now, I was cool with my four pack because <laughs> yeah. I was always told you know, that if you have kids, that those lower abdomen, abdominal muscles, mm-hmm. um, you know, they're pretty much ruined. And I've had, I've birthed and I've carried and birthed four children. Mm-hmm. So my abs, I just thought, you know, I said, okay, well, my lower abs, is, they're pretty much done. That's what they told me. Mm-hmm. So I'm always just only going to be able to have a four pack. So I was cool with that. So I literally have transformation pictures of where I was on a cruise last year. Um, with the four pack and this was just last November with the four pack you know had my little halter top on and my <laughs> bikini on and everything and now I have a six pack when I tell you those cellulose tabs like yes. ridiculous yes got rid of awesome uh, got rid of all of that water um, weight that I was carrying and that was preventing me um, from or preventing those lower abs from being defined. And so now I literally have a defined abdomen. There's no Photoshop. These are real photos. You know what I mean? And so I'm just super <laughs> excited about that because I'm like, I have a six pack. Yes, I have four kids. Yes, I have a grandchild. <laughs> and let <laughs> me tell you guys, pack, Ariana looked, I, I, when she told me she had a grandchild, I was like, <laughs> lies, lies. <laughs> the thing about like the women in our crew they, I mean, you guys age like fine wine. Like, you're just like, no, you can't have, you have a teenager or you have a, what? No, I don't Right. Like, I can't believe that you're 50 or you're, no, 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 that can't be yeah. right. So, that's amazing. That's awesome. Well, I'm really excited that, again, you took your time out to talk about um, this hot topic. Um, talk about, you know, a thing that's like, you know, happening within many families. But before we get into that, um, did you get finally get to watch the interview with Monique? Girl, yes, I did. I definitely <laughs> watched it. I sure did. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, as everybody has been hearing about Monique, um, about the whole Netflix boycott, um, I mean, initially, I was kind of turned off by it because I was just like, okay, you know, I heard, I read all the um, stories about it, and then she was attacking all these different people, but hearing her perspective mm-hmm. really kind of opened my eyes to the fight that, of course, Black women or Black entertainers or Black people, period, are still dealing with in, you know, most industries. But then, like we were talking earlier, like what stood out within that conversation? What stood out to you? You know what? As crazy as it sounds, we're talking about we're talking about African American women. Um, but I love I, I was really intrigued by 
her interaction with her husband. Yes. Out of the whole thing, out of the whole um, interview, I mean, I loved her perspective. Mm-hmm. I really did. But I also was like, because I'm married, you know what I mean? And so I'm like, oh my gosh, I mean, I probably could take a couple of key lesson pointers from her mm-hmm. um, because she, I really loved her interaction. I loved how she um, she respects her husband. Like, I've seen her actually interact with her husband outside of this interview. Mm-hmm. And so that's actually always one of the things that I um, admire or I guess, you know, kind of look to. And I'm like, oh, wow, okay how she interacts with her husband because it really does say a lot about their relationship. Exactly. That's so, that's such a good point. And I was, I was at all too, cause I was talking to one of my good friends about it. And she was just like, listen, she, she was, had something going on with her boyfriend and she was like, I'm glad I watched this interview before I talked to him because <laughs> <laughs> she was just like, I need to, you know, uh, you know, talk to him a little differently, you know, cause she, she tends to kind of be like, or has that like that aggressiveness to her, but right. like the way you saw how they interacted and she respected that it was, it was pretty amazing. Like, I, I think that in, I mean, not only your spouse, but in any conversation like this to have that respect level and be able to talk to people right. and hold a decent conversation. A lot of people can't do that. So I really, really did appreciate that. And I really, really enjoyed seeing that. And I, you know, again, even though we're living in like a world of feminism and being strong and being proud, like, you know, respecting one another, um, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian woman. I know, you know, our beliefs is kind of like, you know, honoring and respecting our spouses and vice versa. So it's really good and healthy to see a healthy dialogue happen, which you normally don't see, unfortunately, with TV and reality shows and things like that. So it was really awesome to see that. So, but before we get into the hot, hot, hot topic that I was uh, talking to you guys last time, um, as you guys have already heard, we already were talking about Herbalife and how awesome Herbalife is. Um, so we're going to talk about a couple product spotlights from me in the morning. One of the uh, little mixes that I put together, there's a Herbalife tea, which helps boost your metabolism. And you heard Ariana talk a lot about the energy. Like that's going to help you with that energy. And there are other products that will help you with energy, but that tea is amazing because it boosts your metabolism and it um, gives you that energy. Not only that, there's an active fiber mix um, as well as a probiotic, which help with digestion as well as the aloe. It's like a, a digestive, like, like super pack that you can put together in the morning and you can mix it with your aloe, your tea. You can have that fiber in there, that probiotic and mix all that greatness together. So you can ensure that your digestive, uh, attracting your, you know, your, your digesting and you're getting those nutrients that you need. Um, one of the things about me is that I had problems with regularity. I mean, I have to be real. I had problems with that. And since I've been using Herbalife, I haven't had that issue. Um, like Ariana talked about the cellulose. The cellulose is amazing. Like that excess water weight that's being flushed out. I mean, I feel amazing. I have energy off the roof and it's been a blessing to me so far. What about you? What product do you love? Um, well, outside of all of them, I mean, if I have to choose, honestly, and I'm not just saying that just because um, I'm an Herbalife member, but my one of my favorite ones is the um, the probiotic. And then I love the lift off tabs. Um, yes. They are amazing. Um, you don't have to have coffee and all of that. I actually, the funny thing is I got introduced to lift the liftoff um, tablets at one of our trainings mm. and it was, you know, in our little meal packs that they yeah, 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 And yeah. so I was, cause I came in and I was just like, everybody is just off the chain right now. Like they're just like <laughs> jumping around, dancing and stuff. And then, so I tried it. And I really loved it. Um, I re- one of the things that I noticed even sitting there, because I was actually kind of tired because I literally did a, a turnaround road trip. Mm. Um, and so we had gotten up 
at about four in the morning. So I was a little tired and I noticed it was really crazy because it wasn't like I had a Red Bull. It wasn't like I had a monster drink or anything like that. Um, but I just noticed that I was, you know, I was more attentive. Um, I was awake and I wasn't like bouncing off of the wall, jittery awake. Right. Um, but, and then I didn't crash either. Um, so I really love those liftoff tabs. So now, you know, when I have my grandson, which I have him like three days out of the week, mm-hmm. um, I'm not as, you know, I'm not tired. You know, I can run with him. I can roll on the floor with him. Yeah. I can just kind of go crazy with him. So it's an added benefit to that tea because I like to mix mine with the tea. Ah. And I also love the cellulose tablets. Um, I don't even know if I should say I love them because I literally had to give away some shoes because <laughs> I can't. I can't fit them now. Because really? All of the water, yeah, all of the water weight is gone. So my wow. shoe size has gone down. Like that um, is amazing. Yep, like about a whole size and a half. What? So, <laughs> Yes, you know I had to give some I, shoes away, and I only had them for two weeks. Oh man! Well, that's—I yeah. mean, it's—it's—it's it's, it's, good. I was able to bless somebody, and then I exactly. went the same day and bought some more. But still. <laughs> like I, I'm going to replace them today, and that's right. a great thing. Like the great thing about weight loss is the fact that you can like fit smaller clothes. But then you mm-hmm. look in your closet that's filled with stuff, and you're like, okay, I gotta like really get rid of all this stuff that I have. So it like forces you to kind of clean house. That's crazy. Honestly, you know, you know, I've gone shopping since November and this is no joke since November. I've had to, um, cause in November I was a size six, which I was super happy about cause I had lost the weight. This was before Herbalife. So I had lost the weight and I was mm-hmm. like, Oh yeah, I'm a size. No, I was a size eight. That's what it was. I was a size eight. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was all happy. and went, was going shopping for our cruise, you know? Mm-hmm. And girl in by, I want to say, was it December? Cause it was like the, the holiday sales. I had to take stuff back. My size eights no longer fit. So I had to get size sixes. And then I'm not kidding in January, this is January now. So now I'm an Herbalife member. Mm-hmm. In December, I started January size four, right? Wow. Okay, not done. And then like three weeks later, like in February, I had to go because this was right before our STS, February STS, went shopping, couldn't fit any of the stuff. I was down to a size three. Now, and it's crazy. And I know it's the cellulose tablets because I'm toning and you know what I mean? And yeah. So, because my weight is consistent, I'm maintaining weight now, but I'm replacing um, my body fat with lean, lean muscle. muscle. Yes. And that's the amazing things because people look at weight so much. Like I do weight ins with my clients, but I also mm-hmm. tell them like, you know what? Like, don't stress the scale. You know, let's, let's look at your inches. Let's look, let's, let's yep. set up to go get like a, 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 they have these bod pods where you can get your body fat percentage. Like you're, you're gaining lean muscle mass and you might stay up at the same weight the entire time, but you're gaining muscle and muscle body right. fat and you're going to lean out. So it's amazing that you're maintaining your weight, mm-hmm. but you're leaning out. Yeah. That is yep. awesome. That is, that is so awesome. So, you know, as you as you guys have heard, we love Herbalife. Like, and again, we're not just saying this. I mean, we're 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 talking about mothers. You're talking about yeah. husbands and wives. Like, people have livelihoods, and like this this is something we're really passionate about because a we get to help people, and then b the fact that you know the products actually work. You know, like we both did. We tried out the products and we saw what it did for us. So of course, it made sense for us to jump on this business opportunity because you get to help people. You get to, you know, the right. results are amazing, and you know, you see that transformation. So, you know, we're going to give um, Ariane's going to give her information because you're in the Houston area. 
I am. So she's going to give her information at the end of this. So if you, you know, the Houston area, you want to reach out to her, get in contact with her, maybe look into the products or maybe the business opportunity, you can hit her up. Um, you guys have my information on my page. You can hit me up. So I'm really excited about, you know, either way that you go, you're going to fall in love with this Herbalife thing. So absolutely. <laughs> okay. So the topic of tonight's podcast I call it like the ugly secrets family keep and how it relates to boundaries. So me and Ariana was talking, um, she uh, posted a, uh, what was that? It was a Facebook live. I'm kind of sharing her story. And I really, you know, I was like, wow, we have a lot of similarities. So when we finally hopped on the phone and I told her about this podcast and maybe like really reaching more people about um, sexual abuse and the things that, that goes on in a lot of families and households, um, she, made, she made such a great point about how, um, how boundaries and how we teach our kids about boundaries and our actions, like how it all ties to this, which is really, really amazing. So like I told you guys my story um, before, I'm a, um, I won't even say I'm a victim because I, you know, I'm a survivor now, but I'm a survivor of a right. child molestation, child sexual abuse. And um, as, and this was like around the early, the late eighties, early nineties. So the way my parents responded was to kind of remove the person, you know, and that was it. There was no like mental health evaluation. I didn't go see anybody. I didn't see, I didn't get any kind of help. Um, and later on, um, as I matured or learned more about what happened to me, I mean, I kind of was like left, I was, you know, five, six years old, but I was left with this sexual experience that now I've been exposed to and I don't know how to sort these weird feelings that I'm have, having because although, yes, I was at that age, I still experienced something and my body still responded a certain way to it. So now I'm like six years old and I'm like, what happened? What's going on with my body now? I've been exposed to this thing. So my parents just kind of like, you know, got rid of the person and we kept on living life. However, you know, I, we never talked about it. I didn't get any help. And again, this was the early nineties. I mean, mental health is really important now. People talk about doing it more, especially in our community, the black community. But in the past, it wasn't really promoted like that. Like most people just bury the secrets and keep it moving. So can you expound a little bit more, Ariana, what you were talking about boundaries and how, you know, when maybe families or children go through situations where, that child might be raped or that child might have been sexually abused and, you know, parents typically try to hide it or keep it a secret and just keep it moving. Like, how do you feel that relates to boundaries? It, it's heavily related to boundaries because what it says is, and like in your, and I'll use your instance, um, what that says is when nothing's done um, about a violation that has occurred or an overstepping of the boundaries, um, and it doesn't even have to be a, a sexual thing. Like I was, like I was telling you, everybody has boundaries, and it has to be taught. Boundaries are taught. Boundaries are put in place, and so these are things that we learn from a very, very, very young age. Um, you know, even from babyhood, you know, infancy. Um, where you have like, even my grandson, let's use him. Like he's, you know, he, when he was smaller, I mean, he's three now, but, um, so he's still little, he's so small. One of the things that we do to try to implement boundaries for him is that if he doesn't feel comfortable with hugging someone or kissing someone or even going around a person, um, we don't force him to, mm -hmm. um, one of the reasons is because little ones have boundaries. They have boundaries at a young age. And so even, um, though you may, you may not be a bad person, but if he's not feeling you or he doesn't maybe want to give you a high five or give you a hug, we don't force that because that's a boundary that he's setting for himself. 
he's setting that boundary. And so when we as adults, when we come in and say, no, 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 give her, give her a high five, go give her a hug, go give her a kiss. She wants a kiss, go give her a kiss. Mm. What that says to him is my boundaries are insignificant and they don't mean anything. So therefore I don't need to have them. And so what people don't realize is that that's carried over throughout the years. Um, And so in your instance, when something happened, not saying that you didn't have any boundaries, but the boundaries that you did have or didn't know that you had, um, when nothing was done, it just further um, solidified the fact that there needs to be no boundaries. And so I won't put up any boundaries now, any in the future or ever again. Mm-hmm. And so um, this is how we we get into um, the cycle of um, abusive relationships, um, <laughs> negative relationships, relationships that aren't good for us. Um, because a lot of times we have no perception of what a boundary is. And so we just either let people abuse us, whether we consider it abuse or not. It doesn't even have to be sexual abuse, any type of abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse, um, because we don't have any boundaries to say, you know what, this is wrong. I don't like the way this feels, so I'm going to stop it now. And that's what boundaries do. And boundaries, we talked about our faith a little bit. Boundaries are even biblical. Mm-hmm. Um they had a boundary line. Abraham and Lot had a boundary line that separated them. Um, boundaries, the walls Ooh, of Jericho. Breaking She's breaking um, it down, y'all. You know, what other boundaries? I, I don't know. There's so many different boundaries. Um, the land of Canaan, you know, all of these different things that were boundary lines. Boundaries are important because they keep things in and they also keep things out. And if we don't have any boundaries, there's no line of demarcation. To know what do I keep in and what do I keep out? Right. And so that's how come you have people who are over, I don't want to say overachievers, but people who can't say no because they're so giving and giving and giving and giving and giving. And we think that that's a great thing, but giving too much of ourselves or giving too much of something without having a boundary, that's a problem. And so without a line of demarcation, we don't know what to keep in, what to give out what's let in what's let out you know what I mean so we don't have any perception of that that is so true and even when like I hear the stories about you know the me too movement is really popular right now and they talk about you know these women who tend to and sometimes men who tend to just go ahead and comply and say yes or they know they don't want to do something but they do it anyway and they're like you know they're they're grown they're grown people. Like, why can't they say no to something? But mm-hmm. I mean, regardless of age, people still have that, you know, whatever happened to them or whatever they've seen over time, they still are going to say yes to something. I mean, we might even be guilty of sometimes saying yes to things that we're like, ah, oh, maybe it shouldn't be something we say yes to. But again, it's like a learned behavior that if you don't grab a hold of it or realize you're doing it, you tend to be a yes man all the time. You're always saying yes. And you're always like falling into those traps where people end up taking advantage of you because you never learned those boundaries, even at the, as a young age. So it's like, the question now is like, for me, we can, um, if it's put out there that there's a celebrity or there's someone that's hurting someone or whatever, like, why do you think that, like, from your opinion, why do you think that, um, within families and family dynamics, people are less likely to, um, I guess maybe call the authorities or actually like, um, treat those situations as severely as if it was somebody from the outside. Like say someone broke into your house and stole something from you. You might flip out. Who knows? They might, we're in Texas. They might get shot. 
but say it was like a family member that does it to you, you know, your response might be totally different. You might let it slide and just say, I won't talk to the person anymore. So do you think like we need to start holding people responsible regardless of who they are or depending on what the crime is or what they did? Do you feel like we need to start holding them just as responsible as we would do an outsider? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and again, because, because of what you said, because we don't, um, because when it's family, you know, we're a little more lenient um, to the offense. Mm-hmm. That's a problem. And that's why the cycle in the family, the familial cycle continues um, because no one's being held accountable for their actions. That's a problem because it'll continue through the, through the lineage. It'll continue to go on and on and on and on and on. And it will be because offenders, people, people who are hurt, hurt people, hurt people. So mm-hmm. the cycle will just continue. It'll just continue until someone takes a stand, someone creates a boundary and says, we're going to stop this here. We're going to stop it now. And a lot of times the reason why people don't say anything in the family is because it's usually a pride issue. I don't say it's a pride issue, but we're so used to sweeping things under the rug, mm-hmm. um, usually to appear like everything is okay um that it it really is like a snowball effect and it 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 just kind of blows out of proportion until it happens to someone outside of the family and then that's usually when that person is either convicted or something happens and then the cycle at that point stops because that person is now removed but if you notice um just looking historically that's typically what happens it's like the family keeps it in and keeps it in and then the person is never held accountable so they continue doing what they're doing until they basically reach the wrong person they mess with the wrong person but usually that wrong person was somebody that wasn't a part of the family right exactly and and that's the thing like it's just like i said if we keep it biblical or that you ever heard generational curses within um, you know, in your in church or whatnot, you yep. hear stories about generational curses, and that and like you were saying, that applies to anything. It doesn't necessarily have to be sexual abuse, rape, molestation. It could be anything that you see that cycle that's happening in the family. No one's held accountable. Why does this continue to happen? And at what point? Who's going to say, okay, maybe we need to go see Iyanla? Everybody, right? <laughs> maybe it's time to you know get some help and actually go to go through some therapy, or maybe sometimes it's time to detach, like. I think, and this is just my opinion, I think there, even though someone might be family and they always say blood is thick in their water, like there might be sometimes in family members or certain situations that you might have to say, hey, I need to fall back. I need to step away from this relationship because it's not healthy for me or it's not healthy for my family. It's not healthy for my kids because, I mean, you, you, I mean, you don't want certain things to continue. So you might even have to step away from certain family members or certain loved ones and say, hey, listen, this isn't healthy for me. This, is help, this isn't going to help me grow. This is going to, you know, uh, uh, keep um, adding fire to that flame, that issue that's going on right now. So maybe I need to step back from this situation and, and keep my distance from you because I need to heal from this. And that's okay. Um, but, you know, there's family secrets that happen everywhere. And no one talks about it. Like everyone's saying me too or... You know, and I'm pretty sure, like, I, I, my church had a program called, um, I can't think of the name right now, but you heard so many stories of these women and these men who were uh, uh, offended by people within their families and how Mm -hmm. these people still come to cookouts, they still come to family events, they really act like it never happened. And just like you were saying about the boundaries, it's like, now you're seeing someone hurt you, that hurts you and they're being treated, hey, here's your plate. 
here's your plate, brother Dan. Here's your plate right here. How you doing? You're going to their wedding and you're just mm-hmm. like, what in the world? You right. Know? Why why does that con- like why do why is that okay? Why aren't we speaking out about that and I don't know. Sometimes I feel like it's tied to the whole, like some family members, maybe they're embarrassed or I don't know what it is, but I'm just pretty surprised that no one really talks about it like they should. Right. I, I don't, I can't speak to, you know, everything. I can only make this what I feel it is. Um, mm-hmm. Especially since we're talking about the church too. Um, a lot of times you'll find where, you know, in the church where it's like people try to make, um, forgiveness and I guess accountability like in the same thing so or reconciliation in the same put it in the same bucket and it's not the same like you can forgive somebody and you but you honestly you can't forget the offense and I always explain it that way the only person that could truly forget is God and even then he doesn't say he's forgotten in that aspect he's forgotten in terms of he won't bring it up again Mm-hmm. But the Bible says that he has a book of of, of our deeds. So right. he's written down our, so he didn't forget. Mm-hmm. Um, matter of fact, he wrote it down so he wouldn't. But that's a whole nother thing. But um, so for us, unless something's like wrong with our brain, there's mm-hmm. no way that you can forget an offense. And so I think that what happens is um, forgiveness, you can forgive. But just like I explain it to um, to people all the time, if you steal from me, habitually and I know you're a thief I'm going to forgive you you may even be able to come around me but I won't be leaving my purse alone with you that's right doesn't mean I didn't forgive you it just means that I'm using wisdom and I'm being cautious and so I think what happens is when someone's done something um like that especially of that nature um I think the people who it hasn't happened to Um, They tend to try to um, come in or have that person come around um, as, I guess, a sign of forgiveness. But that's not really a sign of forgiveness. That's just, to me, it's like a slap in the face of the actual victim that it happened to. Um, And so you you really have to be careful with that because it's not the same. You can forgive somebody, but they need to be held accountable for their actions. You can forgive somebody. They, if I go, um, I guess, rob a bank and I ask the judge to forgive me, he's probably going to be okay with forgiving me, but I'm probably still going to get some time. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I'm, that's, I mean, that's so true. I lo- and I love the analogies. Like you're talking about, you know, like you're saying, yeah, you might have stole from me and I might forgive you or let it be, but I'm not going to keep my person around for, you know, and again, that's a boundary. You're saying, okay. It's a boundary. Yes. It's a boundary. First line. Like you just, you can't come, you can't go upstairs in that room because that's where all the valuables are, you know? So that, that's a very, very good point. Um, So, I mean, what do you think like now, like even for my kids, um, you know, having those conversations early and kind of teaching them, like you're saying, you do with your grandson, kind of teaching them, like how early do you think it's, it's good to start talking to kids about boundaries and who knows, inappropriate touching and certain things that, um, um, you know, yeses or nos, because like I've had the conversation with my daughter when it comes to like her body, like, you know, only mommy and the doctor touches this. Or, you know, if this happens, this is why. Like, kind of even teaching her the piece of, like, you have to take ownership and responsibility. If you got a bad grade or if you did something bad in school, you need to take ownership and responsibility. Mm-hmm. So, like, how soon do you or did you, uh, like, how early did you start talking to your grandson about boundaries um, like that? 
So for me, um, I think that, and these are some things that I've learned over time. Um, so I think that having a conversation at a child's understanding mm-hmm. as early as possible is necessary. So even as a, as a baby, um, even as an infant, as crazy as it sounds, we communicate with our infants. We communicate with them. No, no, no. Don't touch that. Right. So the way that you would communicate with an infant in terms of boundaries obviously would be different. Like I wouldn't have a conversation with the six month old and say, Oh yeah, mommy touched you shouldn't, the only person should, should touch you there. You know what I mean? Like I wouldn't have that conversation, but I would definitely communicate boundaries. Like we talked earlier. Um, if the infant doesn't want to go, cause they, they clearly, if they don't want to go to somebody, even at six months, four to six months, they know. Um, and again, I don't want to say that it's, something wrong with the person but they may not want to be held by that person so what does the baby do they cry they look for mommy and they start crying um so even in that type of communication I would me personally knowing what I know now um would respect the baby's boundaries oh well you know what let me have her back she doesn't want to be held but you know like oh you know come back to mommy so that's communicating off the start off the jump that okay I'm respecting your boundaries. Um, now, when they get older, like my grandson, he's a toddler. I can actually talk with him a little bit more about boundaries. Listen, nobody touches your private area. These are your private areas. This is your private area. No one touches your private area. Not even Nana, if I'm not bathing, bathing you or whatever it is, we talk about that. And so now he's even to the point where he's saying, Nana, don't look. Let me bathe myself. No. You know, um, but that's because those things are taught at this age, early, at an early age, and even um, inappropriate touching, you know, even I talked to him about that in his language, in ways that he can understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, even now, as my, as my children are older, you know, I have adult children, but I have, you know, um, a teenager and a nine-year-old, soon to be 10-year-old. So we talk about things like this. We talk, we actually have more open conversations now than probably I had with my two oldest um, children, Mm -hmm. Um, but times have changed. So I feel like if the media, if their friends, the gaming systems, everything is a little more open, a little more fast paced. So Mm -hmm. I've got to jump it up a notch too. You know, I've got to be a little more open and a little more, um, you know, it's sad to say, but fast paced with them. Um, now as well. And so we have those open conversations of boundaries. I allow my children, we have very open conversations to be perfectly honest. Um, You know, if they have questions, I'm very honest with them. I'm very open with them. We Mm -hmm. talk about things, especially my teenager and myself. Like I don't, I don't really, and, and my older children too. We our family has always been a little unorthodox in okay. terms of our communication. So I've always been very open. And to people from the outside looking in, you know, they might even say that my children are disrespectful. Oh, wow. But, yeah, but they're not disrespectful. I just allow them to express themselves. They're, they're actually very respectful. Yeah. Um, but in terms of how we express ourselves, how I allow them to express themselves, because they're human beings as well with feelings, emotions, and so forth and so on. Now, they can't just curse me out. But, you know, we, we do, I do, to a certain extent, allow them to um, 
to have expressions to express how they're feeling because that's again that's a part of boundaries that's a part of them expressing themselves and um it really is a learning um an area for learning for them as well and so like i said i'm a little unorthodox we have very open conversations and they talk to me and i talk to them and so a lot of people may see us as friends um but you know there's still that level of respect and um one of the things, and I'll end with this, one of the things that even with our children that I think is important for us to know and understand is Jesus called his disciples and he's, he, he's father, God, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He said, you are, you are my friends. Mm. And he was very open with them. And he, you know, he allowed them into a realm of relationship that I think a lot of parents and parents need to get that understanding as well um, in terms of friendships, because I feel like if I can't be my children's friend, if they can't come to me as friend, then who else can they go to? That's so true. And I mean, even for me coming from a very, very strict home, like, my mm-hmm. and again, I think their, their intent was to try to protect me because I had dealt with so much. So they were really like, you can't go anywhere no boys can call the house. Like, I don't think, I, I was like all the way up to the eight. I don't even think any guys ever, call, even when I was 16, like they were just extremely strict, ex- extremely strict. And again, I think it was because of what I experienced. I mean, I'm in fifth grade. That was the first time that I could take a sex, sex ed. They didn't want me to take it. And I would, you know, now that I think back at it, I'm just like, you know, it probably was a good time for that conversation to happen, especially from what I experienced, but they didn't want to want me to have it. So I was like the only kid in class that didn't take it so I had to go in another class but then in sixth grade I got to take it um but they were just so strict and kept me in the bubble but I still learned about things and learned about life and it might have not been the right way but I learned from my friends I learned from tv I mean they were they were immigrants so they weren't home as much so I spent a lot of time watching tv watching music videos and I learned (laughs) the worst way possible about you know relationships people from friends and just watching and being observant and it was like just a bad way to learn about those things because I guess they didn't have they didn't feel as comfortable to have those conversations with me I'm even now when I try to talk about it now and as an adult like hey this is my intent this is what I want to do with my story it's kind of like uncomfortable and I'm like no it's okay let's have dialogue and I love the fact that you're allowing your kids and having that those conversations early because you're I mean again with the accessibility of social media and just the internet and everything if you don't have those conversations with your kids they're going to have that conversation somebody's going to have it exactly exactly so they're going to find out someone somehow and I'd rather it come from me than it come from you know loving hip-hop or whatever right right and then they have the wrong images and so that's again so I, I I think I've created a culture my husband and I we've created a culture where our children feel comfortable with coming to talk to us about the uncomfortable things Mm -hmm. yes some things are very uncomfortable to talk about especially me as a mom and I got sons and I'm Mm -hmm. like oh my gosh Lord give me strength to have this (laughs) conversation but I'm so blessed I feel really blessed that they even thought to come and talk to me about it my daughter like they come we talk about everything everything even things that I don't even necessarily agree with but the fact that they're comfortable with talking to me about it 
it means the world to me. And so I'm going to make myself available. And I, and I have no problem with saying, you know, I don't agree with this, but, (laughs) you know, and we'll talk about it. And so that's the amazing thing about creating that culture about boundaries as well. You know, that boundaries and creating that culture to talk about things that maybe seem that maybe are outside of our boundaries that they don't understand. Yeah. And I mean, of course, with our life experiences, we can share a lot of like what we've experienced to kind of give them a different view of it. Because, of course, as kids, as, you know, young teenagers growing up, they don't really see things because mm-hmm. you know, they're still learning. So that is awesome that you're doing it. And I do think that, you know, if you do have kids out there, family, like have that open communication, even in your relationship and your friendships, have that open line of communication. Because if you don't and you make assumptions or you just try to figure out from Googling, I mean, that's just like when we get sick. Oh, I have a headache. Let me Google it. And then you go on WebMD and now it's telling you you have a brain addict. Brain tumor or something. <laughs> so, exactly. I'm, I have AIDS. I'm about to die. And you're right. Like, your doctor's like, no, listen, just take this medicine for your headache and go home. So, I mean, having that open communication is very, very important. And I think ultimately that's what it's all about. Like, if you really look at the gist of the conversation, having that communication, that open dialogue goes a long way. And not being afraid to, like, talk or get help. If you don't feel like you're comfortable enough to have those conversations, going to a psychologist or going to, like, a friend or people um, that you're close to and saying, hey, I need to talk to my child about this or I need to talk to my spouse about this or whomever and say, can you help me, like, get the words out? Like, how can I do it? And not being afraid to do that because, again, you know, you don't want to let people assume or find out those answers in ways that makes no sense. So, but... I'm again, I'm really, really happy that you took time to um, hop on this podcast with me. It was great. I mean, I'm, I really think that, you know, these conversations are going to bless families, bless men and women, bless people out there. Because, again, there's that there's that still that uncomfortable piece that people don't talk about it within the household. And who knows, like if certain things happen within the household, you know, some people may not grow up to be you know, crazy, as crazy as they are. I mean, who knows? So having an open dialogue, at least at home, and knowing that you did your part and did the best you could, that's, you know, I want to be able to walk away from my kids and say, hey, I was able to, like, give them the real deal, you know, and I was, and if they decide to still, like, follow a different kind of path, I know I did my part to, you know, have that open line of communication with them. So, so in closing, like um, I posted on my Instagram today, it's kind of like there was a there was a video of this uh, kid and he's trying to hop on this uh, box. So it's like CrossFit. You ever did like the little hops on the little mm-hmm. box? Yes, like... I have. Yes, yes. <laughs> so this is like a little kid, like he's continuously trying to hop and, and jump on top of this like uh, it wasn't a box, but it was like a, a little seat and he couldn't get it. He could, he, but he kept trying. That was the amazing part. So then I think it was his father and his coach walked over to him and was like, whisper something to him. And he just kind of like gathered himself together and jumped up and caught it. And it was like, they celebrated and it was like amazing. And just seeing that, like seeing that was like in life, like don't give up. Like you might fall, you might stumble you might have to try two, three, four times, but it's like, don't quit. Because a lot of times we'll try that one time to do that move or to do that thing or to chase that dream or to, you know, do whatever project. And it's like, man, the words aren't coming to me or, okay, I, I've, I've been sitting at this laptop all day and I don't even know how to start typing this story. Or I've been working this new business and I don't even know, like me, I don't, I have like this unsurety with just talking to random strangers, but I'm like, I if I want to be successful, if I want to really push and, you know, do great in this business, I have to like get over that fear. 
So like keep going, pushing through and like, don't give up. Try two, three, four, five times, but keep pushing through. And then when you do push through, try to jump on that next box, try to climb higher. Keep just keep chasing those dreams and keep doing things that are continuously challenging you because within challenge, that's where you grow. You got anything positive to share to those people, the people? Ariana, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but no, that's okay. That's okay. I'm always have something positive. That's, that's who I am. I love to motivate people, but you know what? Um, Just even in talking about that, just the keep trying thing. It's, it's one of the things that I'm really big on right now is the sowing and the reaping. And every time we try, every time we try, we are sowing something. We are sowing something. We are sowing something. Try, try, sow, sow. And eventually, the more you try, if you keep trying, you are going to reap a harvest. And the crazy thing about a harvest is it never, ever, 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 ever looks like the seed. It never looks like the seed. Your harvest comes out so much more and so much greater. And so, but if you stop sowing, if you stop harvesting, if you stop doing that, getting to the point of your harvest, then your harvest will never come. The farmer will tell you, um, the, the gardener will tell you um, that the harvest is not easy. It's not easy. You sow the seed, you water the, you water the crop, it comes and then it still hasn't, it doesn't have any fruit. And so, but when it finally has fruit, that's your reward. And so that's what I would positively, that's what I would say to everyone, including myself, is to continue to try, to continue trying to jump on that block, just to continue to keep going. Um, because the more you try, the more you go, the more you continue to go, you'll be there before you know it. And your harvest was, will be so much greater than what you ever thought, um, what you ever thought of in the beginning. Yes, yes. Well, that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. Thank um, you for having me. Oh, it was amazing. And where can they reach you? Like, where can they find you on social media? Or you have an email, phone number, you know, bird call, <laughs> email sure, list? Look, I got all of it. So um, you can actually find me on uh, Facebook. And it's under my name, Ariana, A-R-I-A-N-N-A. Scott is my last name, S-C-O-T-T, and that's on Facebook. Um, You can also follow me on Instagram, and my name on Instagram is Ariana, A-R-I-A-N-N-A, underscore, see like cat, underscore, Scott, S-C-O-T-T, and um, you can definitely reach out to me in either one of those um, resources. You can also email me at fit135 at yahoo.com fit135 at yahoo.com and so I would definitely reach out to you um, and help you out in any area um, that mm-hmm. pertains to what we talk about or um, even Herbalife so yes thank and you guys, so much. And guys she even wrote a book but we'll talk about that next time. <laughs> she even is she's an author y'all like she's doing great things okay so. See why you do that girl. <laughs> I'm just saying I mean that's what you did you put in the, that's the thing you put in the work with no she's an author too guys so she's you know helping people grow a business helping people change helping people lose weight gain weight all that good stuff and she's an author so thank you so much for taking your time and hopping on here um i'm really like please let's do this again soon and guys god bless you all and we will talk to you guys another time thank you so much bye bye bye